Whether it's digital or analog design that keeps you busy, today it's all about the experience. This is Experience by Design, a podcast exploring the latest trends and solutions helping create the most intriguing experiences you can imagine and the ones you can't. Hosted by Brian Mazaros. Welcome to another episode of the Experience by Design podcast. I'm your host, Brian Mazaros, and today we welcome Lee Kitchen, entrepreneur, former Disney innovation catalyst, and owner of Magical Dude Consulting. Uh, Lee is a five-star innovation catalyst, keynote speaker, workshop leader, culture change agent, design thinking trainer, Avengers and Star Wars fanboy, and overall magical dude. Lee brings a wealth of experience as a certified master facilitator and long-term innovation agent. During his 32 years at the Walt Disney Company, he helped create some of their most impactful marketing campaigns, memorable guest experiences, and real-time operational efficiency changes. It is awesome. I'm super excited to welcome Lee to the show. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Thanks for that great intro, too. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. I've been uh, really amped to uh, to talk to you. So, um, so this is cool. Um, I'm I'm super amped. I am uh, I'm jazzed. Thanks. We we met at that happy hour, dude, and that was so much fun. I I love uh I you know I'm one of these people that actually love zooms and like the more the merrier. And that was like what like 300 people on that zoom, and yeah. I I had a blast hosting that thing. So thank well, you very you, much. You for bought it. it. I gotta say you you bought it. You bought it. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I, I wish I mean I, I'm gonna try my best to sort of paint this visual, but I mean here here's this guy in this room and it's complete DJ setup. There's lights, there's music, there's personality, <laughs> there's like energy going, and uh, and that was even before I had my first drink. Yeah, and so <laughs> like that is awesome. I I just need to stick around on 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 this. So. Um, so yeah, and that, that kind of was like, wow, I, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, I take so. pride in that too, because you know, we're all doing this zoom thing over and over and there's so many people that are just doing it, just this basic stuff. And it's so boring and we're not designed to, to sit here and watch our screens all the time. So I had to do it differently because it doesn't have to be boring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. I mean, but I mean, I guess if you think about it, I mean, it's like we all create experiences. And so, I mean, what do you, what the impression you're going to cast is what you're this just boring guy in this, in this room and, and not have any energy coming at you. I don't know. No. It sort of just kind of takes away from what, you know, the whole purpose of, I mean, part networking, but then also, I mean, this is who you are. I mean, this is who yeah. you are. Like you want to come out with your, your best foot and. Yep. And swing for the And fences. I always tell people, you don't, you know, it's not like we're watching YouTube videos here. These are real people. And so I tell people, try to make it as in real life as possible. I mean, it's not the most optimum. I'd much rather be hanging out with you right now, sitting at a bar, chit chatting and stuff like that. But we can't do it right now. So let's make the best of it online. And you have to act like it's real life, you know? And, and a lot of people may not be doing that yet, but I've, I've done it since the beginning and I will continue to do it just to kind of showcase that we can you know, run business efficiently and, and get together and have fun times on this platform, you know? I was going to ask, I mean, is it, is it, how do you, how do you I mean, how are you finding it? I mean, you, you're coming out of it, you know, Disney environment. I know you're, you're doing the consulting now, but I mean, how, how are you finding kind of this change from, you know, having these workshops in, in a room with yeah. people face to face to now, <laughs> you know, doing this on online. And I think to your credit, I mean, you need to bring that energy, but 
How do you how do you find it working with with your clients? It's funny because you know back in my Disney days, I remember I I my boss was like, you know, we can never do video. We always have to get people in person. So if we had Disneyland people, they would have to fly out to Florida, and we had to be in person. And and it was true because being in person, especially when you're coming up with ideas, getting people excited and enthusiastic when they're in person is is a lot easier. Um, so what I did is is I just like I said I tried to treat it as in real life as possible as is as if I was actually in the innovation lab and you know welcome people as they come in I do, I make sure I bring presence to the room so it's like let's do a quick exercise to make sure everybody's paying attention you know even even simple as just saying hey you know I mean how many times do you walk into a conference room and everybody ignores you you know that happens so much on Zoom and you're like dude if you were walking into a regular conference room I would say hi to you <laughs> Hey, where are you from? Hey, that shirt's looking good. You know, I mean, I, I try to do those same courtesies as we would get in in real life. And I've actually found that a lot of the same things that I do in an, in a in a, 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 a in person session work perfectly for uh, an online session. So just um, I make sure I signal up front. Hey, this is a, this is kind of how I want you to behave for the day. Let's all agree to that. Here, here's the do's and don'ts of today. Everybody follows the rules, you know, and I, I also send the rules out in advance. So I'm like, hey, in order to participate, you have to show your video. There's nobody showing up with a bag over their head at my meeting, right? You have to show your video. You have to be ready to interact. You have to be ready to, to move in and out of rooms. And also we have to do this a little bit quicker because we don't want to sit on this thing for more than about two hours, maybe four at max, but it's hard to sit there and stare at your screen for that long. So in the middle, I'm, I get people up to dance. You know, I'm like, Hey, let's, and even if you don't want to dance, just stretch it out and move it around so you can get the blood flow into your brain again. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? awesome. I love, I love, you got I love to. It. No, because no, you have to, because two hours, two hours, I mean, two hours is, is, I mean, I can't, my attention span doesn't go longer. It really doesn't. Like an hour. <laughs> Most humans, do, it's, no, we're not designed to do it, Brian, really. <laughs> but it's, but it's tough though. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you and I are kind of coming both from the same world. I mean, you're working with clients that are in high energy environments or, yep. or brands. And so, you know, you need to to get them thinking like that. You need to have the energy level high. And I think that's what produces the best ideas that, that come out of it. It's yeah. like you just ha you have to set that tone. So I, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's nice to hear that someone else is, is thinking like that. Yeah. And I also now. I make sure that I do like if, if we do if we're creating ideas, for example, and if I have to break people into breakouts, I'll bring them back. And after we're done with that, we'll do another energizer and I'll make sure people get plenty of time to break, to go get something to drink, to stand up. And then we'll do a quick energizer to get our brain power back and then go right back into it. And and also I do that in person. So if, in, if you were coming to one of my sessions in person, I wouldn't have 30 people yelling at me all ideas and me writing out on a flip chart. I would break people up into groups of four and make it more casual and conversational to make sure that both introverts and extroverts can get ideas out. So the same principles apply. You do have to do a lot more telling in advance and signaling though, because unfortunately, you know, the business world hasn't really set this stage and the standard for how we should all behave in this environment. So I like to just say it up front. I'm like, here, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And let me just tell you before we get there. And I'll tell you once again, when we get there and let's make the best of it. When you're saying about setting up and you're, you're setting out questions, and you're kind of setting the expectations. I mean, have you had the challenge? You know, I, I mean, it's it's kind of hard for people. I mean, we're so used to, to being out there in the wild and interacting with one another. And I mean, I, I think we're. I think it's fair to say, probably you and I do the same thing. Is like you can't help but observe. You know, you go somewhere, you observe, you think about it. I mean, that's that's inspiration. Those are the. I mean, I have a slew of pictures that I 
you know, put in front of clients. I'm like, oh, look at this, look at that. I mean, it, it, it's a little bit harder today, I think, for some because they're not out there as as much. I mean, how, how do you how do you find that? I mean, are you? I mean, how are you being able to sort of extract ideas when they might not be necessarily out there? Yeah. Well, a couple of ways, like if I'm asked to do a session for somebody, I always do um, a, a lot of different lateral exercises So lateral exercises. If you think about design thinking and creative problem solving, they date back to the to the 60s and Alex Osborne and Sid Parnes. It's basically we're not going to look at our challenge straightforward. We're going to take this little lateral journey to get to where we're going. And one of the things I do is I show I bring stimulus into the room. So I, I'll, I'll go and collect a lot of different examples of how other businesses are doing things, not necessarily even in the business that I might be working with, but other different kinds of businesses have solved this kind of challenge before. And we're going to, we're going to extract, you know, the principles behind what's in that, you know, the way that somebody else has solved it to apply to your challenge. Now, a lot of times people don't have time for that. So I, I'll do it mostly myself and, and I'll usually assign homework to the crew that I'm working with and say, Hey, go out and look, you know, what else is happening out in the world? And then I tell them, I said, if you, if you struggle with it, um, I actually host this, um, this, this, uh, once a month, usually on the first Friday of every month thing called the inspiration in a box where me and my good buddy, Sean Brown, we collect a lot of new products and marketing tactics and uh, services and new ways of doing old things and old ways of doing new things. And we present about 15 slides once a month, just come and be inspired and whatever, you know, it might, it, it might be the catalyst that you need to think about something a little bit differently. And um, it's so far, it's been really successful. It's something we used to do at Disney and it was really popular I, I told people, you can't get to your Pinterest, Pinterest feed and you can't get to your, you know, wherever you go for inspiration, just show up once a month and we will inspire you and send you back out into the world. I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. We we have a really great following of people. A lot of a lot of folks from my former Disney realm join us, but it's really a positive thing because people love being inspired. And so many times we're so busy, we don't have you know, that's the thing that gets dropped off the list, right? Is is checking your feeds to see what's out there because we're so, you know, we're so caught up in our own little world. So I just make it so, hey, it's easy. Just just give me an hour out of a month and I'll inspire you and you can take that inspiration and do whatever you want with it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you kind of say that. I mean, it, it's, uh, I think sometimes it's maybe the part that I, I, I kind of forget. I mean, it, I think for us, like, you're so in tune of, of where to look or how to, how to look, even if you're, you know, stuck inside, you're still yeah. like, kind of aware of where to find inspiration or, or how to, how to view things. And I think sometimes people, I think you're right. I mean, they, they kind of forget or they're just, um, they're just yeah, not, they're, they're not doing up, it man. that often. Yeah. <laughs> right. and it's, 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 it's sort of like a, a lost art of, of observation that you have to, uh, you know, kind of steer them in the right direction for it. Yeah. I recommend it. I recommend it a lot, especially with people that are stuck in a rut. So if, if you're stuck, looking outside is really important. And looking outside could be going to a different restaurant. It can be listening to a different kind of music. It can be talking to somebody with a different viewpoint than your own. I also tell people, if you have kids, ask, ask your kid how to solve this business challenge, you know, simplify that challenge and ask your, your son or your daughter, how, how would they do it? And the, you get such really great, interesting, you know, uh, unbiased, feedback it's just it's it's a wonderful thing just going to different places is a great way to make sure that you're going to think differently about it right how do you find because you know i've asked this question to a few other people that have been that have been on i mean how do you find you talk about behavior you know it's it's like there's there's a lot of what we think will will happen 
or there's there's a lot of observation how we think you know human behavior has changed or, or so. I mean, but it's still a bit of an unknown. Um, you know, part of it is I love the fact that it sets up a lot of brands and environments to experiment and and try different things and, and see. But I mean, how, do you do you bring that level of experimentation into into the strategy session to, to where you say you know there is no right or wrong answer? Absolutely. Right now. Yeah, and I and I make sure that I signal that up front because what what a lot of times what happens is. Um, people look for solutions that fit what they're doing so they're they're programmed to just see what they can extract from it so i tell them stop looking for a solution and just start looking so when i do an empathy session i make sure that uh the people that are are trying to solve the challenge get a chance to walk among their consumers and one of the things that i tell them up front is don't just look for clues that lead back to your challenge. Write everything down because you never know the observation that you make might connect with another observation that somebody else make and it will lead to a, a, a good hypothesis and then a good, uh, what I call a springboard to to solve that challenge. And we're, we're so geared to only hear what we wanna hear. And so I have to tell them out front, don't just listen for what you wanna hear, mm-hmm. listen for everything, yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you think there's enough listening going on during this period, though? Absolutely not. No, definitely not. Yeah. I, you know, it's, yeah. I, I actually teach a, uh, I, I teach a workshop on, um, uh, on, I call it listening for the future. And I was, I was really inspired by um, an author, and I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the author, but it was like late, late 90s, early 2000s that talked about um, active, empathetic, and generative listening. And basically, active listening is listening truly and not listening to respond in so many times especially in corporate culture when we listen to another person talk we're just waiting to say our thing right we're just we're not really hearing the words that they're saying we're just waiting to say what we need to say and sometimes we just have to stop and listen right and actually take it in and 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 you know mirror and validate back what they told us and then instead of trying to come up with solutions let's ask that person questions and, and see if we can help them generate their own solutions, right? And it's really similar to if you're in the coaching realm, I'm sure a lot of uh, coaches do that. They keep asking questions of their of their clients so their clients can kind of figure it out for themselves. And it's it's a really great thing when it when it works like that. But but yeah, in my opinion, we need to listen to each other much more. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I had to I had to ask the question. Yeah. So I appreciate the. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate try. The you know, it's really difficult for me to do because I'm an extrovert. So I, I'm. I, and also, I'm slightly ADD and I'm untreated. So I, I have. I have to get it out before I forget it. And actually, my fiance it drives my fiance qu- crazy because I will ask her a question and she's giving me a thought out answer and I will interrupt her to answer to ask the next question. And she's <laughs> like, "Dude, you haven't even let me answer the first question." I'm like, "Sorry, I'm going to forget the next question." Yep. Yep. yep <laughs> so yep, yeah, yep. it's a hard thing to do, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I can test <laughs> part, of, part of the club. Part yeah. Of the club. Good. 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 Which is why I can help. I mean, I, I told you I was, we were talking earlier before we started recording, but I would love to help people with relationships because in relationships, usually listening is a key thing that, that a lot of us don't learn until, you know, about 10 or 15 years down the relationship. And man, if I had to know that at the beginning, I would have, I would have listened so, so much better. <laughs> You know, it's like if, if the older self can go back and talk to the younger exactly, self. exactly. What is it? What is it? The, the uh, what is it? Youth is wasted on the young. Is yep, it, is, uh, I love that. I just I thought that <laughs> it's phrase. a great phrase. It's a great phrase. Um, so how do you, I mean, the other, I guess, you know, the other added to that too is, is that how much do you think, is, as far as social influence goes, 
is 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 back onto you know experiences and, and, and the way that brands communicate. Um, you know, I mean, social influence in, in the sense of you know, there's the message of what the brand puts out there, but then there's the the other control, which is how people react to it and and posting their comments to it. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in authenticity rules. Um, I think that I think that especially in today's day and age, you ha- you have to you have to walk the talk, and and people can see through that stuff so quickly. I mean, just thank goodness for the internet because we can see through it if you're not being authentic. Yeah. And and coming from a place like Disney, you know, one of the things that that Disney really does well is is that attention to detail, and and mm-hmm. so you can tell that they don't. I, and I'm the Biggest Disney critic ever. I remember when I went to, uh, I, I was lucky enough to go to Shanghai Disneyland for the grand opening. And uh, everybody was talking how great the Pirates ride was. And I was so skeptical because I know when we cut corners, you know, I, I know if there's a, if there's a black light or some kind of projection, I'm like, oh, we couldn't afford the audio animatronic. Right. And man, when I rode Pirates, I was just blown away because we did not cut any corners on that ride and that, uh, that experience. And it was just so authentically Disney. And it was just like it, every, everything that I had heard and read about what the Imagineers put into that ride was just so incredible. And I heard, I hear the same thing about rise of the resistance. I haven't actually been on it yet. I can't wait to go on okay. it, but okay. I, I think just being genuine and authentic is, is a big deal these days. And, and it's, it's hard for people to be convinced unless unless you're really walking walking that walk and talking that talk, you know? Does right, that so make I'll sense? For, it does. I'll keep God for a second. So I went on that ride. So I went there. I was you in, went on I was, Rise? I went on Rise. Oh, dude, <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, so not jealous. That. No, oh. no, 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 not that. Not that. I'm sorry. Not that one. Not that one. But but Pirates. I went on oh, Pirates yeah. in Shanghai. Um, Come on, man. What a great I experience. Was, I was super excited to go to, go to that one. And uh, two, two years ago, two years ago, I was over there and – my wife and I spent Thanksgiving there at Disneyland in, in Shanghai. And um, it was, you know, it was cool. Like we, we uh, you know, pulled in, we stayed at the hotel and the next day just stormed the park and, uh, you know, even got the turkey leg, <laughs> yeah. which is such a, it was such a hard find in China. And, uh, <laughs> but, but there's, I mean, to the authenticity, you know, it's, it's very consistent to what you, you know, you would find, but that ride was just, it, it was, it blew nothing my mind like it, man. with there's, the large I don't want to give it away and, or, or spoil it, but you're right. The visuals and the combination of live action and audio animatronic and projection and all the magic tricks that Disney does is mm-hmm. all in that ride. And also it harkens back to the first pirates and it, and it pays tribute to the pirates, uh, what do you call it, franchise? And it's. Just w- amazingly well done. And we were lucky because we got to go on a lot of test rides for it. So, like, we would break for lunch and go on and ride it. And we, we rode it, like, 20 times. It was it was fantabulous every single time. Well, I mean, the, the question on authenticity, and, and maybe this is just staring off for a second, but, I mean, how do you – it seems like a lot of, a lot of theme parks now, um, you know, everything I've been reading, I mean, it's, it's, it's going after Disney, you know. And yeah. do they – and I think that's where they missed their cue is that – what makes Disney Disney is the authenticity part of it. Yeah. You know, it's just that there's just, like you said, I mean, every attention to detail, you are, you are immersed in that environment. You, you step into the park and, and you are immersed into it. Yeah. I, I mean, every aspect of that, that park, I mean, you go through Epcot and you go through all the, the countries. I mean, there's elements of that, that actually bring you into there, right, really right down does. to the beer. I mean, yeah. the beer is from, you know, from there and, uh, yep. But it it makes you feel like that, and and I just wonder is is that do a lot of, you know, on the theme park side, 
do a lot of them really sort of understand that, you know, the best intentions can fall flat if there's not a real attention to authenticity? Yeah. I, I just saw a, I saw a news story. Uh, it was probably, I don't know how old it is, but it was a story about a little girl who had built a fairy garden by this tree outside of her, uh, outside of her um, house in, in an urban environment. And this, this lady saw that she did that. And she, she actually put, she actually built a little home for her fairy there and started writing notes to the little girl. And, and they, they exchanged notes. Like she was the fairy and the little girl was just so fascinated by it. And then a month later, she just, they decided to meet. And so this lady basically donned her fairy attire and like brought this fantasy to life for this little girl during COVID who couldn't see anybody. And it was the most magical thing outside of Disney that I had seen. And the, and the thought that I had was, this is just an individual. This is not a company. This is not a corporation. This is one person who decided to take it upon herself to just do something magical for a, a little girl. And it was just the most beautiful thing. And it, it just, it didn't take much. She just wrote a letter to her and she built a little thing. And it was just like, you know, not, it wasn't a whole lot of effort just to bring magic to a little girl's life. And I was just, I was blown away by that. And a lot of companies trying to replicate Disney can learn something from what this lady did because it didn't really take much. This girl was just so enamored by it. And it was just such a magical story. And, and actually I did a similar thing for uh, my fiance, Sarah, you know, we were, we were, we were getting, uh, uh, we were just getting claustrophobia. You know, we have this little apartment where I live part-time in Canada and I decided that, uh, I was going to treat her on a Friday night to a Disney experience. So I basically decked out our house as different attractions via video and via Absolutely. chairs and via my uh my hue lights right so yeah, we actually yeah. went on the carousel and we went on the haunted mansion and i and we went on splash mountain i had a little spray gun with water that i got on splash mountain awesome. and we went on uh we uh, i had her go on tough to be a bug and i uh, you know tickled her feet and stuff like that and then we watched the illuminations together i had popped some disney popcorn she had actually she had a popcorn thing that she kept from the last visit and i had the hue lights going with the thing and it was just this magical experience in our little apartment. And like I said, it really didn't take much. And like you were talking about those companies that are trying to replicate Disney, you little things make all the difference. Attention to detail, authenticity. It's so important. If you lose that attention to detail, it's, it's what makes it, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's so great. Do you think that, you know, it's, it's, um, and I think that goes across the board. I mean, it, it's, you can apply that to retail. You can apply that. Absolutely. To, um, yes. Transportation and, and so on. But, the other thing I, I wonder too is, I mean, you know, I live, you know, very much in, in the digital experience side, and so you know, there's that challenge of when you inject elements of digital into it, does that does that take away from this, you know, ability to have an authentic experience to where maybe it's not tactile, you're you're not touching something necessarily, you're yeah. you know, you're on your phone. So I, I I believe that it doesn't, but I also think that it makes it more challenging because you have to find moments to where you take people's eyes away from their, their device yep. or their screen and, and force them to actually do something. Um, I mean, do you, do you see there or how much of, of, of that do you, do you think through in terms of, you know, when there's a, a mobile or there's a display in the, that ends up appearing, you know, how do you think about that with, with bringing that into authenticity or, Again, it's, 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 it's complete. I, I was mesmerized by, uh, the emails that I was getting from 
the fictitious place on the the uh, Westworld show I was watching, mesmerized. I mean, they yeah. were sending me emails yeah. from the actual company, and I was fascinated by that because they were really bringing me into the story. And isn't that what Disney does, right? We yeah. we make you yeah. part of the story, and and I love that. I I I, I eat it up, and and I'll go as far as to signing up for the emails and just I want to see what they have to offer, and if there's a, a a correlating app or something like that, you can really bring people in that way. But you can't rely on it altogether. There has to, it has to kind of come 360. So, so as people think about those, just think about how you those different touch points that can bring it all together um, is is the advice I would give there. But it's I think it's we're still right. People love that stuff. I mean, and they talk about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I think you you said you said the but you said the one word. It, it's story. It's absolutely story. Yes, that's what's what's forgotten sometimes. I mean, yep. you you introduce a narrative. You find moments to inject, you know, parts of that narrative. You you find opportunities to take their, you know, to draw their eyes away from it. And yep. I mean, it's every, I mean, back to the Disney point. I mean, every cue line that you're in. I mean, you you are told the story as you make your way to the ride, and you're like, I'm I'm in this world. Yeah, I I, I feel connected <laughs> to it, and and it's not just, and it's a nice. I, I mean, I don't want to beat the drum over and over, but I think it's it's a good, <laughs> but it's I think it's a good point. I mean, you. You're told a visual story, whether it's through a display or it is the way that the the line is designed. I yeah. mean, there's attention to the elements, there's attention to the scenery, to how you move in the space. Yep. I mean, it's all thought through to set you up for the you know, this is it. This is the climax. This Can is, I this tell is you a funny story about that, Brian? I just thought yeah. of a really funny story, but uh, I worked seven years at Disney Cruise Line amazing group of people to work with i mean most some of the most passionate disney people have you ever been on a disney cruise before i have not i have oh my gosh it's an amazing Uh product and i can't wait for them to recover from this and get back to doing what they do best because it's amazing but uh i came into work on a friday before the holidays and i was on the floor with all the entertainment people so and imagineers so these guys were like you know light years ahead of me i was a marketing guy right and that morning they say, Hey, we're having a, a, a Christmas storytelling contest or, or oh, I'm sorry, a, a, a holiday, um, a, a decorating contest. And I hadn't decorated at all. So I, I whipped up some lights and I put them in different parts of my office and I made this whole fairy story up or something like that. And I put the nutcracker music behind it. And as people enter my office, I told them this little story and I won the contest <laughs> and it was only because everybody else just had display and I put a story to it and people were just like loving this little story. And I totally put it together in like 30 minutes and they were loving it. And I ended up getting the prize for it. But it, it was really because I just mesmerized people with the different little parts that i had in the story man it's really important people love that stuff yeah they, they really do i think there's you know there's the art of storytelling yeah you know exactly. i don't want to say it's a lost i don't want to say it's a lost art i just i just think it's an art that sometimes isn't connected or bought into that yeah that strategy process you know i, I think everyone is so fixated on a, on an end solution to the problem that i think sometimes when you you say the word story it's like ah, it's but i'm not really trying to tell a story here I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to sell something i'm just trying to to hook you you in and like well but but it's all connected back i mean it's a it's a journey that has this is how you got here it's a story as to why you even want to be here or why you want that and yep. um i do it in business too brian i actually when when i do an innovation project i i encourage my clients to let's not just gather the leaders around at the end of the project and show them what we've created i actually encourage them to walk the walls with their leaders 
and tell them the journey of how we got to where we were, like how we decided on what we were solving for, how we uh, ex explored and really dug deep with our consumers, how we generated ideas and what what platforms we jumped off from, and then the ideas that we generated. And what I find is is the leaders are bought in. By the time they get to the empathy, they're like, wow, they see it themselves. So when you go to sell ideas, it's so much easier to s sell ideas because they saw how you got there. You know that so many times leaders will turn down ideas because they don't understand why you are pitching them this idea because they don't understand the, the work that went into it. So I strongly suggest people tell that, you know, of the journey of how they got to that innovation before they even release that, you know? No, that's a, that's a really good point. That's a really good point because that that's overlooked as well. And how did you get there? What was the process that got us there? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that. A lot, a lot of things you're saying right now, just completely. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, you know I can go on forever <laughs> about this stuff. I'm very passionate about this. No, I actually, I actually love it. I actually love it. So, so I have to ask. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of go into a little bit more of the playful side. So, um, so once we get, you know, obviously there's 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 good things in in, in the future for I think for all of us, but. The world opens up and, and, and it's it's safe to get out there. I mean, where where are you going? I mean, what is what is one experience that you are just dying to? Uh, uh, well, a couple of things. One, I have a, a wonderful fiance. I met her three years ago. We haven't seen each other in six months. So I live part-time in Canada. I'm going back to Canada to see her. I'm actually going before this stuff opens up, going January 4th. So can't wait to do that. I can't wait to be reunited with her. Uh, but I'm also a, I'm a, I'm a boater here in Florida and I haven't been able to be out in the water um, since February. So I can't wait to get out on the water and, and go see some nature and, and hang out. I, one of my favorite places to go is the Florida Keys. And mm -hmm. I, I want to go when it's more open. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you can do the whole thing down there. So I'll definitely be hitting the Keys probably next summer. Fingers crossed. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I haven't, I, I need to get back down to Florida. I haven't, um, there's a lot of places I need to get back. Yeah, to. the key, the Florida Keys is like a tropical uh, haven in the United States, so you don't have to have a passport to get there. But it's just like you're going to a tropical island in the Caribbean. <laughs> I think my my knowledge of the Keys probably ex is is, is uh, extends from watching Bloodline. Oh yeah, place. yeah. There's a lot of yeah. So, I go to most of those places because they film that and actually in both Key Largo and Alamorada, and most of those places are are frequent of mine. I've been traveling there for 30 years on vacation and love every one of those scenes. Definitely. Right, <laughs> Great I, movie. I'm gonna have to meet you down there. Yeah, after, uh, I'm not blowing up any boats anytime soon though. So that's that's the <laughs> that's, opposite that's of good. what you want to do that's when good. you're on a boat. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that that path of Bloodline. But some of those, yeah. some of the scenes from there, I'm like, oh, kind of yeah. pretty cool to see that. So yeah, awesome. So I have to. The last thing I, I, I feel like on on the show, I have to I have to put out rumors, or I have to I have to ask. So yeah. there's there's a rumor. I think you mentioned it before, so it's probably true. Uh, this this DJ dance party on, on, on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I want to know this is the, if this is is this a rumor or is this true? No, and this, is this is a thing. True, it's a thing. Uh, we we need details. So <laughs> so, so you know, everybody had their thing during COVID, right, to keep themselves busy and creative. A lot of people were knitting sweaters. Uh, I had I, I had some people that you know they built this elaborate elaborate stuff in their backyard. Some people retiled their house. Um, I I have been DJing since roughly 1986. I used to do a lot of parties and a lot of weddings for all my Disney friends. I stopped about 2007, frankly because I was tired of lugging equipment everywhere. It was really kind of a drag. So as soon as the digital age comes up, I still have my collection of you know I, I have tons of music. I own tons of music, and I decided to buy a DJ controller just to have fun. I bought it in 2015, never used it. And then uh, this 
thing came up and I'm like, I started playing with it and I had a really good buddy of mine in Los Angeles, a, a game composer named Gerard Marino, amazing guy. He was, he was doing this Twitch thing on Tuesday nights and he's like, dude, you should start doing it. It's, it's a lot of fun. You could be creative and stuff. And I was like, no, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, you should just do it. You should just do it. So I decided, I got back from Canada about July. I decided to do a Friday night thing and I started with, you know, three people watching me <laughs> actually if you watch my first show it's nobody's watching me i'm just djing for myself <laughs> basically but you know i rekindled my love for it because i love music and i miss the nightclub scene man i love going dancing and i love going out and i feel like nobody could go out so i wanted to kind of help people create their own nightclub in their house and so i just started mixing some upbeat uh, dance music and one of the things that i like is i'll totally mix genres so any given night on my feed, you'll hear me play some French uh, EDM into some uh, 70s rock and roll, into some okay. uh, dubstep, into some 60s. I mean, I go the gamut on it, and I just I, I love it. And uh, it's an hour and a half every Friday night, 9 to 10.30. It's on twitch.tv slash LibbyXLT. And uh, you should join in. And also make sure you turn it up on your home theater because – it's got some thump and bass. And if you want to dance, it's a great way to kind of get rid of the stress from the week. I say, you know, dance. I always say dance like nobody's watching, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm really hooked right now. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and we were talking about fresh input. We were talking about fresh input before. So I tell people to, if you need fresh input, just come listen to my feed because I play so many different genres in one night. You'll, you'll hear, you know, I mean, there's not one thing probably you won't hear. I play so many different kinds of things. It's a great way to get fresh input. Even, you know, if there's a genre of music you don't like, just embrace it when I play it and try to get into it. And then I'll go back to playing something that you might know and then something you don't know. So it's, it's a good way to get some fresh input. That is very cool. Well, Lee, thank you very much. It has been awesome to uh, to chat with you. I really, uh, Thanks. really appreciate you taking the time. Um, hey, I hope to see you at Inspiration in a Box, too. So we do that usually once a month, usually on the first Friday. The next one is actually going to be January 8th, and that's 1130 a.m. Eastern time. And that's, again, when we, we put up some slides to inspire you. And we have a lot of conversation in the chat and build and yes and, and it's a lot of fun. So hopefully... Uh, you can join uh, there and bring your team. Uh, we invite, you know, whole entire companies to join us to be inspired and, and just come hang out with us for about an hour. That's awesome. That's awesome. And where can everyone else find you online? Did so you can go to magicaldude.com is my website. Um, and the rest of my stuff is LibbyXLT, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Xbox. You want to play some video games? I'm all up for it. So just let me know. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Lee, thank I'm a kid you so at heart, much. man. Kid at heart all the time. <laughs> uh, keep it going, brother. Keep it going. Uh, well, thank you very much for uh, listening to this episode of the Experience by Design podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OpenEyeGlobal. And stay tuned for more great episodes on the horizon. Thanks again.